0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 1002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 1002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction you can get the iso 1002 standard from the american national standards institute ansi the u.s member body of iso visit ansi.org forward slash complain to learn more that's ansi.org forward slash complain to learn more Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchise of ignore who all I'm your host, Marty McDermott. and my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed of owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. And as we were saying earlier, Don, we have a great show today. We're welcoming Blake Smith from the Decor Group, which includes Christmas Decor and Nighttime Decor. And at the Decor Group, franchising is their business. Nighttime Decor is a member of the Decor Group, a conglomerate of the lighting, decorating service, and product supply companies. That includes the Christmas Decor franchise system, and I think you and I were blown away when we were on their website yesterday, so it's just good stuff. Right. Hey, Blake, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, Blake. Blake, joining us is my co-host, Don Johnson, and I know, Don, you wanted to say good morning to Blake. Hey, Blake,
0: how's things going? Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. We're excited to talk about uh, the uh, franchise. Well,
1: I'll tell you, Don and Marty, it
2: couldn't be a better time. I just got back from vacation. Literally flew in last night, so i feeling rested and energized and ready to take on the world. Oh,
1: fantastic, fantastic. Blake, we always like to ask our guests where they're calling from this morning.
2: Yeah, well, I'm actually in Lubbock, Texas. <clears throat> if you know where Lubbock, Texas is, it's in the panhandle
1: yeah. of Texas. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, some people know us by Texas Tech, uh,
1: Red Raiders football team,
2: right. and uh, just a little small town out here in West Texas.
1: That's fantastic. Is it getting warm out there now? I suppose it's getting, getting ready for the hot weather.
2: Yeah, it is. In fact, all the trees are fully foliated, which is wow. kind of a sad thing because it's supposed to have a hard freeze tomorrow.
1: Oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, no. not good, not good. Look, I know you have an interesting background. What were you doing before uh, starting uh, the Decor Group?
2: Well, before I got into this, uh, I was actually uh, had a landscaping company, which I started when I was about 16 and of course when I first began it was mainly maintenance, mowing lawns and you know, trimming hedges and those types of things and right. it just continued to grow uh, adding services, uh, landscape services, concrete services, chemical application services to become a full service and one of the largest landscape companies here in Lubbock and uh, what simply happened is I, I, I had this need that I had to find a way to keep my employees year-round right. in a market like ours uh, it does slow down considerably in the winter months and so I would have to lay off the large majority of my staff each year, and that's really where the idea of holiday lighting came to play. Uh, Almost 20, I guess 22 years ago, uh, we began to put up decorations many a times for the same customers we provided the lawn care service to, and that became the bridge that allowed me to keep employees and at the same time generate a revenue in the off-season. So that's kind of that background, that 10- to 12-year background in landscape contracting is really where the idea of putting up holiday lighting and uh, decorations was born,
1: out of dire need and an opportunity
2: at the same time.
1: Yeah, I bet there's a lot of people out there that said, why didn't I think of that, you know, it's uh, it's fantastic.
0: And was that successful right off the bat when you started out twenty two years ago with the with the holiday uh, services blake well,
2: well, the response was really interesting you start putting when you're starting something new like that you put out i put out flyers brochures, right. and people would call just flabbergasted you know can I really hire someone to do this service that I really don't look forward to doing or I can't get my husband out there to do this you know each year. Uh, it almost caused divorces. Uh so we were we, I like to say we saved marriages. Uh but uh we it was really a lot of fun and and it, it was a lot of fun but I think uh it took about 3 years to really get a science to the business. In fact, I think that science never ends. Uh and we had about 10 years in in doing the lighting here in Lubbock in our own business before we ever uh got the idea to franchise it. So we had a pretty good background and a pretty good base before we began that process.
0: And that's what I was going to ask when yeah. you did franchise it is that i mean was that an idea on on your own or did other people give you the idea to do that
2: well i had a i had a partner at the time as well and he had uh, uh he had knew a guy that was in that helped set up franchise concepts and uh we got to talking about it and really our first idea was you know it took a long time to get here to know how to do this, and we can 't be the only seasonal service company out there that has this same off season problem so it kind of the initial thoughts as in, as many businesses do we thought hey here 's an, here's an opportunity to solve problems for people. Uh, of course, we recognized that it was also an, a, a very big opportunity at the same time. And when you can bring a problem-solving t- uh, concept with an opportunity at the same time, it's pretty powerful. We thought at first, we'll just write a manual. We'll tell people how to do it, where to get product, how to price the services. But we realized that there's a lot more to it than just that know-how. There's also just, just the being able to acquire and set up vendor relationships, and it goes on and on and on. And that's kind of what a good franchise does, is it brings all the pieces together, the know-how and the systems and the ideas, but also the vendor relationships and, and those types of things. And it's, it's a pretty comprehensive process. And so when we first started it, we, we really had more knowledge than we had anything else. And as time grew, uh, you know, as, as things went along, then we just began to expand third-party benefits and relationships to become a full-fledged business support system.
0: And you were confident, Blake, that – Yeah, this type of service being seasonal could, you know, support a business for the year.
2: Well, and and really most of our guys, just to be clear, most – and I'm going to say 98% of our franchisees really are uh, add-on businesses. That's the market we tend to go after. Knowing the landscape contracting industry, that was the initial market we went towards first, attending trade shows, getting in trade journals. You know, we've got stories – all over the office, uh, posted all over the office, where we've been covered in these industry magazines. So most of our franchises are in another business, and they're adding this business. What really has enabled this to be more of a potential standalone is bringing in the second brand, and that is, that you mentioned earlier, nighttime decor, which is landscape and architectural lighting. When you bring in landscape lighting, which is really the other part of the season with holiday lighting, then you have a pretty good year-round business. And what's what's tend to happen though in our case is our core competencies is working with standalone businesses out there or, or that are already existing, and so most of these are still add-ons at the nighttime as well as the Christmas. So what happens is a landscape company or a pest control company will start another division in their company, a lighting division, and they'll bring these two brands in, and generally it will sustain itself. But it still leverages all the other uh, benefits, assets of the company. It leverages the trucks and the trailers and the admin, you know, the admin. Portions of their business. So it's a complete bolt on leveraging all other resources within the business. And that's where it's most successful.
0: That's interesting, Blake, how you how a lot of existing business people with all that business experience looking to diversify and add on uh, and buying your franchise. I see that that could be good. But at the same time, Sometimes, you know, did you find at times uh, there must have been a few franchises where it might be difficult them following your system when they might have their own business skills that they're, that, that they're used to? Was that you know, ever come about? That's a
2: that's a very good point. Yeah, one of the things you have to be careful is just how entrepreneurial, the true definition of entrepreneur is innovation. And you have to be real careful about those types of companies that are unwilling to follow a system. I think that we find companies that belong to associations, for example. We were real fortunate to bring a lot of officers of some of the key organizations in some of these service industries in early on, and they were people that, that respected the idea of they don't know everything and that they, they attend these seminars and, and these industry association meetings to be able to learn from others and companies like that recognize that if you can bring value to the table and you can shorten the learning curve and you can bring benefits they could not get on their own that they see that's a, that's a necessary investment and so for, for those those minded people uh, it, it's been very effective it's, it's those that are just trying to always buck the system and, and be different just to be different sometimes it becomes a struggle but for the most part uh, they see that they're able to focus on their other businesses very well and we are able to, to pretty much keep our heads in this game all the time, and that really gives them freedom to make sure that the core business that they've already began it stays maintained. And so it, it actually works out pretty well, but we do have to be a little bit careful.
0: Right, right. right. Uh, so uh, if people listening to this show, Blake, how do you describe that the core group franchise system as someone who's thinking of investing in just a few sentences?
2: Yeah, well, there's two concepts, franchise concepts. Christmas decor, which is basically a holiday and event lighting and decorating services. And I think the key thing to distinguish that is it's not really a retail store. It's a service-based concept. We go out to a home or a business, provide a customer with several options for decorating their property, and then they choose from those options, and then we provide the turnkey, installation, removal, storage, the whole process. That's pretty much the Christmas service and the Christmas franchise. The nighttime decor is uh, architectural and landscape lighting. So in this case, we go out into a property, again, mostly homes, and we do an artistic design of the lighting to incorporate both their their architectural features of their home as well as their landscaping to extend the, uh, the enjoyment of their home, the aesthetics of their home, the safety and security of their home. And then the customer, again, once again, will select, I'm going to do the backyard now, maybe add the front yard later, those types of things. And, and so that's, that's the decor group. It's the two businesses, Christmas decor, nighttime decor, and then we have a third uh, a leg that is uh, ACLS, which is American Christmas Light and Supply, a supply company that provides all the materials and support and so forth for those two franchise systems. And we call all three companies collectively the decor group. So that's really what the decor group is, two franchise concepts and a supply company.
0: You know, you know, was that more than two sentences, Marty?
1: I think it was. <laughs> I've been was known to speak a little, response.
0: little, <laughs> be a little long-winded at times.
1: No, was Perfect idea.
0: answer, though. It's, it's a great
1: uh, concept, <laughs> though. Yeah, it really is. Blake. Blake, one of the questions we've been asking on the show recently is, what role has technology played in your business? Has has it played a big role? An
2: program? absolutely huge role. I, I was glad. I, I'm glad to hear that question because I think that's a good question. Uh, you know, from the very beginning, and I laugh when I think about you know, 12, I guess 14 years ago is when we started, and we were concerned whether people would have a fax machine. And today, uh, you know, we won't even accept a telephone order. Uh, you have to do everything electronic so that we make sure that we're as efficient as we can be. Uh, you know i'll just if I could, I'll just cover just a few things where technology has impacted our business because it's huge. Uh, one thing is just v- from the very beginning when you talk to a uh, franchise prospect, the development of a territory we've We've been studying our customers through technology for several years now. Probably over a hundred thousand records have been studied in the last three years alone to figure out who our exact target customer is. And one of the things it does, it does two things. One is in developing a territory for a potential franchisee, we understand now what the average order based on certain demographic levels and what the penetration rates are expected to be in a given market. And literally in real time, in a, in a go-to meeting where, where the prospect can see what I'm doing or one of our salespeople are doing, we can draw territories and, and go ahead and develop sales potential right in real time with them looking at the map. Uh, From that, once we develop the territory based on their goals and our goals, then we can actually develop a marketing program to achieve that exact number, or at least precisely that number. Uh, and that's a very efficient manner, efficient process for us to be able to get pretty close to developing a business plan for these guys fr- right from the beginning. And that's how the whole thing starts. And then from that point on, we have, of course, the 24-7 online ordering systems where these guys can work late in the evening if they have to and then get on that evening and, and order, make an order if they need to for the next day. Uh, extranet systems where there's communication and chat rooms, libraries full of documents, business tools, even training video libraries. Are all all of our training is all on the intranet as well. So there's a, there's a lot that we use technology for. And, and last and certainly not least, we have spent, I believe it's now 8,000 hours in the development of our own proprietary software to run these businesses, which does everything from telling how much electricity a job is going to take, what it's going to cost to run it per season, uh, you know, down to, you know, pulling the order, what materials you're going to need and combinations of things you're going to need, how long it's going to take to do the job. So there's a lot of science. And as you get into systems and franchising, it's all about a science. And uh, technology has been an enormous part of our business, and we see it just never ends. It's just wow. more and more and more. So yeah. um, don't know how we'd do it without it today. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing that makes we you look them all
0: back. well worth the yeah. franchise fee and royalty fee, of course. I mean, all these I think it's a big
2: are... piece of the value. It, it's it, in order to get quick, in you know, in time information. I think technology is required, and it, business moves fast, and you have to stay up with it. And I think, uh, I think for a company our size, we're probably uh, kind of on the leading edge of technology for some of the things that we're doing now. We do a lot of webinars and webcasts, and uh, we record a lot of meetings so they can be listened to for those that can't attend. So it. You know, it's neat to be able to reach out, and now with Skype and other things, to be able to reach out with video. So we're going to be pushing a lot of that this year.
1: That's amazing. It is incredible, Blake. When you look back, as you say, 15 years ago, you say, how did I ever do this, you know, without huh. all this technology available today? And I like how you mentioned that it does. It becomes a science, you know. It's yeah. It's really incredible.
2: Well, you laugh at the whole idea of being concerned about a fax machine, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Is, is there any numbers on, uh, on on your industries, Blake?
2: Yeah, there is. I mean, I, there's not a real official number probably on the holiday lighting, but we've been able to, to to get a pretty good idea. We probably make up a good fifth or even a fourth of the marketplace. We really created that industry. We, we, we're about a $50 million a year company as far as the uh, end-user uh, Christmas decorating service program. Uh, we've got about 375 franchisees out there, so that gives you kind of an idea. Uh, we're figuring that industry is probably closer to 300 million uh, at this point, and I'm talking about specific hiring, you know, specifically hiring a decorating service to come out and handle your business or your home's decorating needs. As far as nighttime decor, uh, is, as far as a service providing outdoor lighting, is well over a billion dollars. And and one of the exciting things about both industries is they're they're poised to grow. Uh, one of the big industries that we serve, that we sell franchises to is lawn care and landscaping, and that industry is actually expected to regress about five to seven percent over the next couple of years, certainly due to the economic climate that we're in. However, they projected landscape lighting to grow at 10 to 12 percent in the next couple of years. So it's kind of like, uh, I guess, irrigation was fairly new not long ago, 20 years ago. Landscape lighting is kind of that new industry in the green industry that is really growing and so it's it's really a great opportunity to be involved in in these types of businesses and they're generally not that affected by economics which has been really a surprise it certainly was the case in lubbock when we had uh... bad cotton crop or something like that we still had pretty good growth from our christmas lighting even when our landscapes tended to be flat so there's there's an emotional pull i guess to both of these that maybe is non-existent in some of the other industries we serve Makes
0: sense. yeah i mean people are definitely going to be happy getting anything Christmas-related,
1: uh, yeah.
0: and also just seeing lights at night. I mean, it's a, you know it's a feel-good type of purchase. Yeah,
2: true. It really is, and I think that's probably one of the most enjoyable things that we do is we, we make a big difference, of course, in people's lives for our, with our franchise concept, but the, the end users are just thrilled with the service. It's real hard not to over-deliver, right. uh, which we aim to do, of course. With, that's our concept is over-delivery, but uh, it's a lot of fun when you hear stories, and I get a lot of them from the field all the time. Uh, stories that 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 people tell us. Uh, one thing I'd like to mention, if I could, is one of the things we did this last. I, know, I guess it's been four years now. We have a program called the Decorated Family Program, and what it is is we we go out into newspapers and different media, and we ask for uh, people to submit uh, someone that maybe has a a wife or a husband overseas, and uh, they they join in kind of through a request, uh, through a through an application for us to decorate their home. For free, while their while their loved ones are overseas, and it's called the Decorated Family Program. And I think we've decorated somewhere nearly, somewhere near 200 homes now nationwide. For and and the stories that we get pouring in from that are just unbelievable. The letters we receive and and things like that are just uh, it, it just makes you really proud to be in America. And uh, these people that are that are suffering those, you know, their their loved ones overseas uh, during that that important time of the year, Christmas. Uh, it's just such a neat thing to be able to be part of that. So we've enjoyed those types of programs uh, over the years as well. We're not all about just business. We like to do what we can to give back to the community, and that's been a very enjoyable program.
0: Helping people and great PR. That's a great story. What are types of characteristics, Blake, you look for in a franchisee?
2: Well, I think the number one is always the willingness, uh, the the desire to win and the desire to succeed. And for us, it's a willingness to invest the resources that you have to to be successful. And, in fact, we changed our agreements to really be structured that way. There's certain things from a marketing commitment and a personnel commitment that, that have to be met. If someone's willing to commit the energy and follow the system, it's almost always going to result in success. Usually it's when someone is not willing to to follow the model or put the inputs in. And so we do a lot of things to try to figure out you know, what, uh, what are you willing to commit to this business? And if I was, go back to the tool I talked about earlier with, this, with the demographic development tool, once we understand the market's potential now and a lot of history, we really know what it takes. And so we can lay that out for that, for that prospect, and if that prospect buys into that and really commits to that, then we've probably got a winner. The right. advantage we have is they already have a business, so there's a little bit of a history there to look at on their own behalf. Right. Uh, unlike a lot of other models out there, we're able to see how their own business has grown and what they've done to make it successful. And so we kind of have an opportunity there to really take a look at their own background a little bit further. So uh, that's really been the key to the success. And when we see that combination come together, usually we have a winner.
0: You know they're already hard workers from the success right. of their own business. So That's right.
1: Who have been your franchisees, Blake, too? Have you had, like, a, <clears throat> from interesting backgrounds or, like, husband and wife? Um, have they had yeah. a different backgrounds? or?
2: I think that's another great question. You know, lawn care and landscaping has been our primary industry, but it's gone into many different industries, uh, from pest control to roofing contractors to just general contractors. Uh, We also have people in pool and construction businesses. Uh, uh, That's become one of the big growing industries right now because the economy has slowed that that industry down, and so they're, they're looking for other revenue streams. Diversification has been a key piece. Uh, we've had uh, women and men run this business, uh, probably more men because there's a little more men in in those industries, but we've also had, had several women that have, have uh, been the entrepreneurs on these businesses as well. So uh, we now are seeing quite a few firemen get in the game, uh, so in both the landscape lighting and the Christmas lighting. So it's really going to fit anybody who – who, number one, enjoys outdoor work because it's all outdoor, and number two, anyone that has a service-based concept where there are a lot of uh, assets to leverage, customers themselves being one of those assets, but uh, equipment and, and anything that, that can be leveraged to create revenue uh, from the existing business they already have. So that's kind of been the, the makeup of our franchisee. That's
1: great. What's the training like for your new franchisees, like?
2: Well, both of them are, are, start with a week-long training. The Christmas decor is is about a 45-hour week, and then the night time's probably closer to 60 because we get out in at night and do design work and so forth. Once they get through that first week, of course, they have some homework. They go home and work towards, and then we do a combination of webinars. and Each each program has an annual conference and then we do some regional trainings as well. So it, it's a launch five-day training, and then, as we as we believe, training is a culture and it never ends. So we continue to use technology and then regional events to uh, to kind of bring people together and teach the new latest techniques. That's
1: great. Is there a, a typical day for the franchisees, Blake, would you say?
2: Well, I think a typical day is understanding these guys are contractors. First of all, you find out who's going to show up for work in the morning. Uh, once you get that part figured, that's the challenge for these guys, and it was for me too, is labor. Uh, and It's getting probably going to get a little easier now with, with all the things that are happening in the economy, but uh, that's the biggest challenge. And then from there, it's just pretty much a matter of, uh, for production, you, you kind of break your business in production, and then sales, and you've got, uh, you know, so many, uh, usually these are two or three person crews, and we try to produce somewhere between $2,500 and $3,000 a day, which, by the way, is considerably more than most of them learn in their other businesses, so it's, the niche really does bring a lot of higher profitability and gross gross profitability, uh, and then, of course, in this, from a sales perspective, you, with Christmas, you just kind of hold on and see if you can hang on, uh, because once the once we start getting into November, it just explodes, and they're
0: just holding on for dear life, really.
2: <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a fun challenge, but it is a challenge.
0: I guess many of the franchisees uh, take the whole month of January off, right?
2: Well, they got to take them down. Once they get them all taken down, it depends on the part of the country. If they're in the north, then some of that stuff gets frozen in the ground. So, oh, But right, uh, a lot of these guys do hunting, and, and they like to take some hunting breaks and uh, sometimes they'll still be able to do some of that in January, but really their slow time is February, uh, usually between their seasons, and it's a well-needed break and a good breather for them to kind of get ready for another season for their core businesses usually. Uh,
0: you know, Do you feel, Blake, that at least Christmas decor has a bit of, um, you know, resistance, uh, um, that it's not going to be affected by? I mean, you know, the economy's rough right now. So right. Some recession right. resistance, I think, with Christmas because people aren't really going to cut back too much on it. So, one time of the year, people are kind of in that spending mode uh it makes them happy things are rough so people've had a rough time you know there there might be a little bit of that to that side of the business right well you
2: really said it i mean you nailed it and, and in it, it in a way it's kind of intuitive to think that way and then part of it too is people don't take the trips you know they don't do the the travel they don't go to europe or wherever it is that they normally would go uh and so therefore they end up staying home and because they stay home and the kids are coming for christmas all of a sudden, you've got a recipe that really helps us. Uh, there, this, this year, we did see a little bit of a, of a downturn, but not a lot. Uh, the timing couldn't have been worse. You know, they, they, All this news kind of hit around October, which is when we do our renewals. Uh, but really, new sales, we're still getting some of the reports in, but new sales seem to be holding pretty much steady. As far as growth and new sales, I think reinstall sales and re, re, uh, re-ups, we call them reinstalls, uh, are probably down just a little bit. But really, we were quite encouraged by that. You know, on the other side, the, the nighttime decor, I think the benefit that, that's happening there is people are not buying the next house or the second house. They're taking care and upgrading the home they live in. It's less expensive. They don't want to lose their investment, they don't want to sell right now. So what they're doing is they're finding ways to enhance the home. Uh, you, you pretty much your your uh, add-on contractors, your home improvement contractors are just exploding right now, where your home builders are obviously suffering some. And I think that's because people are making investments. They're putting in the new kitchen, doing some of those things rather than moving. And so far, that seems to be holding ground with the nighttime. So we're hopeful uh, as we go into the summer and our big season that we'll see that people will invest in the home that they have and there's not much of a way to improve a home for the money like lighting will. It just expands the, the enjoyment in the living space, and it, it's ro- quite a powerful impact for three or four thousand dollars.
1: Right, yeah, that's great. We've been using the word like it's, it's come up, I think Don probably on the last like <clears throat> in six months the word vacation. You know, we're seeing it yeah. a lot. You know, as people not as you said, Blake, going on vacation and investing in their homes. You know, and I I, I would totally agree with you know your statement. So absolutely. Well, we certainly pitch.
2: hope that's how it plays out. We we we've seen that. We, of course, we keep up with all the research too, and that's what we're seeing. So we're, you know, what we're are reading is that people sometimes instead of spending fifty thousand, they may spread it out over over the year. They may mm. spend three installments, maybe two right. of twenty and one of ten, or something like that. So they may not lay it all out, but they're still spending the money. They're just kind of stretching the investment out over time.
0: Right. right. Good point. Now we're speaking with Blake Smith of the the Core Group, and you've been in franchising a while, obviously. A, uh, a very successful system, Blake. What what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? If people listening right now, what you know, advice would you give them?
2: Well, unquestionably, the best tool that you can use in, in investigating a franchise is to talk to the franchise owners of that system. Uh, as as a requirement of law, uh, each franchisor must provide a document uh, uh, called the FDD, Franchise Disclosure Document. And inside of that lists all the franchisees that they've, that they've sold a franchise to. And it even, it even includes those that maybe have left the system in the last couple of years. And I think it's important for you to you know, do all, ask all the questions that you can, but understand that there's, a, there's certainly a, an interest in the franchisor selling you a franchise, recruiting you as a franchisee. Uh, but at the same time, if you talk to the actual franchisees on the other side of the fence, I think you'll get some very candid response and some very good information there. They're going to want to protect the, the system's proprietary uh, information, but they, they certainly would share information about the franchisor, about the effectiveness of the business, those types of things if you approach them in a, in a very open manner. I think you'll find that that's going to be the best tool possible. Uh, clearly look at everything from what you get initially. There's going to be an initial fee. Well, what's, what are you going to get in that fee? What type of training? Are they going to provide any marketing materials? Are they going to provide any supplies? What type of vendor network do they have set up? Are they going to be able to save you money on materials uh, if, uh, versus you buying it uh, on your own? What type of arrangements have they made to, to save you money there to bring a little more profitability to you? So I think those are some important pieces. Uh, what's their plan for support? How often are they going to talk with you? How available are they going to be when you need help? Again, some of these questions can be asked directly to the franchisees. So I think you just have to go through a good series of, of uh, going through uh, a variety of questions and, and asking what business tools are provided uh, anything that they will provide you one thing I will mention here is is a lot of franchise systems now are offering are providing what they we call an earnings claim um, an earnings claim is basically a uh, some financial information that allows you to kind of get an idea of what the potential of the business model would be um, look for those those companies actually willing to offer those uh, they take a risk to do that <laughs> because if they offer you earnings claims and then you fall way below those and you follow the whole system, uh, then you know, they, they would have the risk that you'd have a claim against them. So if they're willing to share that kind of information, that probably means they're pretty confident in it. So look for those systems that offer earnings claims and certainly study those and then ask those franchisees that you talk to about those claims. So there's, there's a lot of, lot of tools, and there are a lot of systems out there that aren't good. So it's important that you take your time and really research it. And, uh, and call, don't just call a couple of franchisees. Call 20 or 30 if you can. Right. Uh, so that, that would be my, my strongest advice is, is just talking to people that are on the other side of the fence.
0: And, and great advice. Right. You can never do yeah. enough due diligence, as Marty and I have uh, been a big proponent of. Uh, Absolutely. Know, we've been doing the show. So what are the core group's plans for the future, Blake?
2: Well, really, it's growth-based. We've invested quite a bit of money in in buildings, and and as I mentioned earlier, technology, and 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 our team is amazing. We've got an amazing group of people here, uh, and and I think we're really poised for growth. We've, like all businesses, you grow real fast. Uh, You know, we started with seven franchises in '96. We went to 80 seven the very next year we added 80 which is a huge jump it, it got us economies of scale which was critical uh, and then we continue to grow to where we're at about 375 locations for christmas we're about 30 for nighttime we really feel at this time that we've got the infrastructure and the support and everything else to grow faster so i, I, I anticipate we're going to see some real growth especially on the nighttime decor brand uh, we have projected to add about 30 units this year in nighttime which would double nighttime size and uh, hopefully, eventually, someday down the road, rival Christmas decor in terms of the size of the, of the organization. So growth is big, but we never, uh, never look beyond uh, the ability, our ability to support the existing franchisees. So we, we, one thing the company has to do is make sure that you separate the two things. You can't rob uh, Peter to pay Paul. You can't pull from the support side to, in order to do the growth. So we put the resources in place to do that. In addition, we've actually got the uh, trademark for the Christmas decor brand in all of the EU, uh, European Union. So we're we're kind of set to do some international expansion there in the next couple of years, and we are going to try to move into Canada this year with our nighttime brand. So uh, a lot of growth
0: plans, but in
2: no way are we going to uh, shortchange our support of the successful franchises we have in the system today.
0: A lot of opportunity to become a franchisee, have yeah, success, and further grow with the system. You're doing a great job, Blake. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank
2: you. We're, it's a lot of fun. There's, there's nothing like this. And, you know, you know as an, as a I guess advice to entrepreneurs out there, do something that you're passionate about. I mean, it's a true entrepreneur work. There's never any work. It's just a lot of fun. It's just an enjoyable challenge every day. It's one of those things that when you're on your way to work, you can't hardly wait. The road is too long to get there. And when you're that excited about anything, you're generally going to be successful at it. And I, I'd say that's true of people that are looking to buy a franchise as well as people that maybe want to start one. Right. Uh, have a passion and a burning desire to win, and make sure that you're always having fun. And, and if you are, then I think you'll be very successful.
1: That's fantastic. Blake, we have about 60 seconds. What's the best way for our listeners to get more information on the Decor Group?
2: Well, the, probably the websites would be the best, and I would probably go to either one of the two Christmas Decor or Nighttime Decor sites. It's christmasdecor.net. That's christmasdecor.net, and then nighttimedecor.com. And nighttime is spelled
1: N-I-T-E-T-I-M-E-D-E-C-O-R.com.
2: Uh, Sorry about that, nighttimedecor.com.
1: And we can put a link up on our showcase as well, Blink, for our listeners. To yeah, that would right be great. That would be email. great. And that's what we'll do. Donna, I want to both thank you again. You've been an incredible guest, Blake, and I'd love to have you back thank towards you. the end of the year. Good job, well, many,
2: Anytime you're ready, just catch me after vacation. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> thanks so going much, Blake. February. All right. Hey, thanks. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Enjoy the program. Take care. Great show. Great show, huh, Don?
1: Yeah, wow. I to make a That's what
0: I said. That's a wow show. I was <laughs> going to make a comment that I'm sensing a future author maybe knows a lot about well, franchising.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we have the Great Quotes and Franchising podcast, and i got to tell you, I mean, there's like five or six times I'd like to quote him. I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know, but... Right. Um, what he was mentioning about the technology, you know, and, and how things are now like uh, an exact science, and it really is incredible. They have an incredible system. I was really excited after listening to him.
0: For myself, if I ever was to buy a franchise in the future, I want a guy like that running a ship,
1: you know? I totally agree, you know, so... Uh, We'll definitely have to have him back, you know, and, uh...